you know, after failing so many times in sin and struggling with sin and in the flesh, I just gave up on Christianity and I, I, I walked away. Welcome to this week's episode of the His Hill Podcast. My name is Kelly Darty, and I'm your host. Today I have with me an alumni, a local uh, alumni, someone that I've known for quite a while. Uh, he was a student with us as well as his siblings, I think all of his siblings, and yep. and uh, or most of them anyway. And then uh, he uh, later, uh, after we had moved away, he came in and took over the music ministry at Bernie Bible Church. And uh, now that we're back, he allows us to assist him with it. Uh, he's still in charge and doing a great job. Uh, but also, he's one of our employees uh, with our family business. And so we've spent a lot of time with Todd, Todd Granger. Welcome here, Todd. Thank you, Kelly. It's good to be here. It's good to have you. Appreciate you doing this. Uh, Todd uh, comes in early in the mornings so he can go home a little earlier to help with the kids. And uh, he was willing to stay. Uh, we, we, we stopped it just a little early for work. But then something came up and he actually had to work a little longer, but here he is. And I really appreciate him doing this. Yeah. Um, Todd, uh, what year were you a student? That would be 2009 through 2010, so fall oh. of 2009, okay. spring of 2010. Were you a camper before that? No. No, I don't think any, no. of the, any of the Grangers were. No, I don't believe so, no. Okay. Yeah. And so how many siblings is it that have been to Bible school? Five out of six. Okay. Five out of six of mm-hmm. you. All right. Yeah. And um, to tell us a little bit about your your childhood, where, where were you born? Where'd you grow up? What kind of home did you grow up in? San Antonio, Texas, um, born in 1990. Um, uh, grew up in a three-bedroom, two-bath house. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, um, I was homeschooled uh, probably till freshman year of high school. My mom worked as a teacher at Castle Hills and a music teacher specifically. And um, I started going to high school there, private school. It was a private school then. Um, I think it's it still might be a private school. Anyway, uh, I went there and, and uh, when uh, my freshman year of high school started. So. Okay. All right. And um, what? Um, so your mom was a teacher. What did your dad do? Uh, my dad worked in um, uh, a tire company, Home and Tire, uh, or Michelin, um, and he worked at just managing and uh, managing a, uh, I guess a tire repair, automotive repair okay. shop, um, and so that's that's what he did for a while. Um, before that, he uh, worked for Ranch Hand. Um, and he was managing production there. So, okay. Yeah. And what's he doing now? Well, now he's a pastor of a church. Um, his life fellowship down in San Antonio. Um, they meet on Saturdays and, uh-huh. uh, that church is, it's been around for, I think it's, I think it's 15 years now oh, wow. or getting close to 15 years. Okay. Uh, I could be wrong on that. Hopefully I'm not, <laughs> but it's been around for a while. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what was, and, and obviously you, um, you know, from what you're telling us, it sounds like you grew up in a Christian home. Yes. Sorry. I should have. No, no, that's fine. Led with that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was trying to help you out there. A little yeah. Bit. Thanks. Yeah. But I mean, the Grangers would come up every year for Thanksgiving conference. Uh-huh. And so we got to know them that way, mm-hmm. but uh, really strong. Your parents are strong believers. Yes. And, yeah. uh, and, and I'm sure were great examples to you and your siblings growing up. Yeah. That's so funny. You asked what kind of home I grew up in. And I immediately thought like, uh, three bedrooms, two <laughs> brick house. <laughs> yeah. It was partial brick. Uh, <laughs> Circa 1980s. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, sorry. It, it, uh, just so people know, uh, your sister, one of your sisters, has been on the podcast as well. Yep. Yeah, and that was Hadassah. Yeah. Uh, she yeah. Uh, she and Lugi are married. Lugi's been on a lot of times, but Hadassah um, spent uh, spent an episode with us. Oh mm-hmm. my goodness, maybe about a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Really, yeah. Really interesting. Um, okay. So, when did you become a believer? Okay, so I don't really know the exact age because it happened when I was really little. Uh, it's, you know, you, you would be, I don't know how often you listen to the podcast, don't have to answer that, but uh, 
you would be shocked how many people have given that answer. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I think that's, you know, it's, it's wonderful because, you know, so many times people, and maybe this happened to you because you don't remember you question at some point you question whether or not you were. Is that, yeah, you yeah. can. I, I mean, I remember, I remember the specific event. I don't really remember the date, okay. I guess. Okay. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's kind of a funny story. I don't know if you want to hear it now yeah, or, go ahead. um, so, uh, my, and again, I, I think I was around the age of five to eight, maybe probably closer to five. Um, my mom was making, uh, spaghetti sauce and, uh, man, I was just so hungry and it was for dinner and she was cooking the meat in a pan. She like cooks the meat before she adds this. Sorry. That's all right. Uh, she cooks the meat before, uh, she adds the sauce and it just smelled so good, you know? And I was so hungry and I asked my mom and it was like still pink in the pan. I remember that. I was like, can I have some? And she was like, nope, you cannot have some. And I was like, okay. And then I came back in and it smelled so good. And I saw she wasn't around and wasn't looking. And so I grabbed some and I ate it. (laughs) It tasted pretty good. Uh, despite it, I think being raw, um, Anyway, I asked, uh, I, I took the meat and then I, I went outside and I like, I think it like burnt my mouth a little bit. I was like chewing it like a dog with bubble gum for a while. <laughs> uh, anyway, I, I felt guilty about it, but I, I also started to wonder, I was like, why did she, why did she tell me not to eat the meat? And then I started to wonder like, okay, it's pink. That's not the right color. And so I go inside and I was like, mom, She's like, yeah. And I was like, um, uh, why did you tell me not to eat the meat? And she kind of had this knowing look in her face, you know, she was like, that's because it was raw. And I was like, oh, oh no. I was like, well, what does that mean? Could I get sick? She's like, yeah, you could get sick. And I was like, could I die? She's like, maybe. I think she was just messing with me, but (laughs) I was like, I was definitely afraid. And, uh, she took me outside and we just started talking and she's like, you won't die. But if you were to die, do you know where you would go? And I was like, no, I was like, what options are there? (laughs) She's like, well, um, if you believe in Jesus, you'll get to go to heaven and you'll be with him. Um, and if you don't believe in Jesus, you'll be separated from from him in hell. And I was like, well, that sounds terrible. So I'll believe in Jesus then. And so I don't remember much after that, except there was a big lift in my spirit. Um, and I didn't die of course from eating raw meat. I didn't feel sick either. I just, I felt really, uh, I guess joy was the, the emotion I felt. Um, and I, I felt like the Lord had me. And, um, and, you know, he's had me ever since. <laughs> well, that's, I, I, I appreciate, I can see how you can remember the event, <laughs> even yeah. though you may not have I the date. I was gonna you know? die. <laughs> and, you know, and I can remember the event for myself too, though I can't give you a date either. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, but what, what I was saying before, you know, there's, there's a lot of this, a lot of people don't know exactly when, uh, they don't know any specific event, but. You know, the important thing is, I think what you ended with is that there was, you know, that, you know, the, you know, the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. you know, working in you, giving you this, um, th- this assurance. Yeah. And yeah. I think, you know, so often when we get caught up with, am I saved or am I not? We're, what we're really work, trying to work, so many people are trying to work through is, have I done what I have to do in order for me to be saved? If, yeah. You know, it's, uh, you yeah. know, wait a minute. It's, it's got nothing to do with you. Right. Uh, if you've put your, if you haven't, you know, to believe in John three sixteen means to entrust. So if you have entrusted right. your life, if you were yeah. living right now and trusting your life to Jesus, well, you're saved. Right. And you know, it, we don't need to get so worked up over what did I understand when I was five years old? Yeah. If salvation is, is dependent upon, um, you know, my work and not his completed work, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I feel like it's not really salvation at right. that point. Right. Yeah. It's, it's not dependent on what we can comprehend. And it's just receiving. Know. Right. Right. And, um, by faith. Yeah. yeah. And I, I guess that joy, I felt a completeness. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know how else to put it. 
Well, that's good. Yeah. Well, um, that's, uh, that falls in line with scripture. You know, in him you have been made complete. Yeah. In Colossians 2, 10. Mm. That's great. Yeah. So, okay, so you said you were five? Ish? Uh, five to eight, maybe. Okay. <laughs> it's a pretty big range. Oh, well, okay. All right. Well, I, I feel okay. like it was closer to five. Okay. I just thought I would give a big range in case I was wrong. Not okay. that anybody would know. Yeah, well, maybe some, in the hereafter. But Make sure you give yourself some leeway. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. okay. So from that time, you know, growing up as a child, teenager, how was your walk with the Lord? So um, I grew up in a Baptist church and... Um, a lot of what was being taught there was Jesus died for my sins Mm -hmm. and yay, that's great. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, and here's some good things from the Bible that you should be doing to show Jesus that you appreciate what he's done. Right. Right. And that was kind of, I guess in a nutshell, if I had to synthesize, uh, what my takeaway from it was, that would be it. Okay. Um, there was a, a childlike dependency uh, initially, um, mm. but I, then mm-hmm. I started gathering things around myself that I thought I I, I needed. Um, and if I was honest with myself, then it would be you know I needed as much as Christ. I basically gathered more masters around me. You know okay. how like if you know Jesus is our master, right? And we're not supposed to serve two. We're just supposed to serve Him as our master. But I felt like there were things that I, you know, I needed to do well at. There was, um, you know, school I needed to do, to do well at. There was, you know, becoming a, a man and um, having good discipline and, um, you know, getting to college, uh, having a good job, finding a spouse. Um, all those things I felt like were, were the important stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. And Jesus is there in the background and he's going to help me get to those things. You know, he's, he's there to help me get there. You know, he's not the destination, Mm -hmm. right? He's, he's the catalyst by which I, you know, achieve my goals is kind of my heart behind that. And so really, I mean, if I'm honest, I was gathering idols around me, things that I felt like I needed, uh, apart from Christ, Mm -hmm. And, um, there were things Things you needed apart from Christ to be like Christ. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I guess to be a man, like I, I had a lot of godly influences in my life. Right. Um, and I would see them. It's just, it's like looking at these mighty oak trees, you know, you're like, man, I want to be like that, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And so how do I get there? And it's like, well, um, you read God's word. You, uh, try to be like Jesus, you know, you, you try to do good. You try to do the right thing. And here are some methods how you can do it. Um, and that's that's the frustrating part of, <laughs> of my walk uh, with the Lord is just, it, it's so simple. It's such a childlike dependency on Christ, but we add things to it. And that's what makes it so complicated. Mm-hmm. Instead of like salvation and trusting him with our every moment, and entrusting him for everything that we need. Um, Jesus is kind of, you know, he's uh, preeminent, or what is, the, what is the word? He's not uh, preeminent mm-hmm. in our lives. Um, what is it that Jerry Benjamin always says? Uh, uh, oh, no, I had it and forgot it right away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, um, he doesn't want to be preem- prom- prominent. Uh-huh. Oh boy, probably lots of listeners are telling us right now what it is. <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, how could you forget that? He tells us every time, every year he comes. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Preeminence. Starting, yeah. Oh, gee whiz. I can't remember. Oh, well, I'm sorry. And I'm not going to edit this out either. So what oh, dear. Like? Oh, yeah, dear. Well, like hopefully, idiots. hopefully, yeah, it's okay. That's, <laughs> they'll have an honest, <laughs> they won't be, they won't be fooled. Way to go, Todd. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Kelly. <laughs> Uh, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah, just um, seeing Jesus as um, truly my all in all. I wasn't there yet. And, you know, it's like what I've heard you say is, um, Jesus, we don't know that Jesus is all that we have, or Jesus is all that we need until Jesus is all that we have. 
And I would say that describes my Christianity hmm. or my Christian walk. Okay, that's interesting that you, you said what I always say because I got that from Jerry Benjamin. So Jerry now, Benjamin. Maybe we've redeemed he should, ourselves He here. should be here. Where is he? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, you know, that's that reminds me, you know, just how you even started th- that part of what of your sharing was that, you know, when you came to Christ, no, it was, th- there was a, a dependence. That, mm-hmm. I, I forget exactly how you said it, but... Uh, but that you know, childlike dependence. Yes, yeah. and, and you know, you think about it. What Colossians two six tells us: therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, mm-hmm. so walk in Him. Mm-hmm. And you know, I can remember uh, quoting that verse one time in a message when I was in Canada, and my sister in law was sitting in the congregation. She went to Arlene. She says, "I have never heard that verse before." Mm-hmm. And she said, "It's not that I haven't read it or I haven't had it read to me, but I've never." heard that verse before it just mm-hmm. really shook her mm-hmm. uh t- to and I, I can identify with that because there was a time in my life where you know all of a sudden oh yeah wait a minute because i was doing exactly what you're saying you had done i had gathered all these idols around me mm. you know that you know i and i was really just, just adding to christ yeah yeah right? yeah, thank, yeah and and it's just it becomes a perversion of christianity well i was so frustrated with christianity too because mm. Um, you know, all the while I had these idols in my heart and, you know, they were good things. That's the thing about idols and sin in general is it it just looks good, but really it's anything that we take or take on. Uh, it's anything that invites us to live apart from him. And it's, it's for, for me, the frustrating part was, is that, um, I wasn't, uh, with these idols, I wasn't doing well with them. Um, I felt like I wasn't a good student and there was other sins in my life that I felt like were keeping me from the things that I wanted. And I felt like the Lord, you know, around, I would say 14 or 15, I heard about abiding life or at least it it started to penetrate my, my head. And um, I started to hear about, you know, okay, like this is, this is a new way to live where, you know, I can just say I abide in Jesus and I got to work to abide, yeah. to abide, to abide. And it's a new formula for me. So I can get to the mm-hmm. ultimate goal, the destination of, of, you know, being a great man, being a disciplined man, being a godly man, all the things that I had kind of idolized in my heart and the Lord wasn't having any of it. Mm-hmm. He wasn't going to empower me to serve my idols. Mm-hmm. And like the Israelites in the promised land, when they had a bunch of idols strewn about, you know, that's when the Lord would allow the enemy to have its rule and oppression in the land, mm-hmm. right? That's when the Israelites were, you know, being persecuted and they were hiding, like in Judges, they were hiding from the Midianites, and all the other oppressive forces around them. And uh, that's how I felt like most of my Christianity till till point where, you know, I'm in my early 20s and I felt like I've tried everything and the sins in my life are still there. Mm. And it's like the Lord was what, telling me, well, what go ahead. Some, what, have, what have you done during that time? I mean, you, you oh, I mean, yeah. Uh, you, I mean, because I can identify with everything you're saying. Mm. And I, I can identify with this adding to, mm-hmm. um, you know, just uh, I can ad- I, I can identify with hearing this message of Christ being your life. Yeah, it's like, oh, sweet. Like, and, and, <laughs> that's and, all I got to do. And, and all it did for me was just change my terminology. Mm. You know, I could yeah. I could I could talk the talk. Mm. I, I taught it even that Christ yeah. has to live in you and through you, but had no idea what I was saying and did not realize I had no idea what I was saying. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah, I had not uh, for myself. I don't want to go ahead of what I, I, I'm pretty sure you're going, but I I can remember that. And mm. you know, you um, were these frustrations of yours in high school, uh, high school through college. Okay. Um, and I went to the hill. And I what, got what brought you to his hill? Uh, well, all my siblings had gone before me. Um, and I had gotten pretty familiar with the staff there, you, Charlie, uh, at the time. Um, and I was excited to just go there. It seems like kind of a fun Hmm. adventure. 
And it was really the first time because I, I, uh, I had, you know, one friend in high school um, and he, uh, I think he went to a different high school uh, during sophomore or junior year. I can't remember. But for the most part, I was, I was fairly alone during high school. Um, I didn't have a whole lot of friends because we didn't share the same values. Um, they were into a lot of things that I wasn't into. Mm. Uh, you know, they were allowed to watch family guy. I wasn't. And that's all they talked about was the jokes on family guy. And sometimes I wished I had watched family guy. So I have something to talk to somebody about. Uh, but, uh, it was one of those things where like, I didn't feel like I had community until I got to the hill. Okay. And that was a really neat experience. Um, just getting to hang out with other guys and, um, people who, uh, were there to seek Christ. And so we all had a similar goal. Um, so it was, it was pretty awesome. My first time going there, I, it was the first time I really felt like I had community okay. with a group of, with a group of uh, friends, essentially. Oh, excuse me. Bless you. Thank you. So where, where was it? Was it at his hill or was it before that, that you heard for the first time, you know, that started to hear this, this message that Christ is your life? It was a few years before the hill. Okay. Um, Cause your family is, is very much immersed in, in the teaching uh, that, you know, that, that, mm-hmm. that Christ is not just your ticket to heaven, mm-hmm. but he's literally your life. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So, so you were around it, I guess, before yeah. coming to, to, to his hill. About a few years before that, um, we had, we, it was the first time we had heard this kind of terminology, just kind of synthesized abiding life, uh, mm-hmm. at least for me mm-hmm. when it penetrated me. Um, and this was probably a few years bef- before I went to the Hill. I want to say probably like 16 or 17 is when I first heard it. And I was like, oh, this is how, this is how I'm going to get all the Philistines and Midianites out of my <laughs> land <laughs> so okay. I can... <laughs> So I can be, uh, so I can serve my idols. Um, okay, so so your year at the hill was was a good year. Oh yeah, okay. tremendously. Um, no, I loved it. Okay, enjoyed every bit of it. What did you do after you left? Um, I went to San Antonio College. I didn't stay for a second year. I wish I had now. But second year at his hill. Yeah, yeah, I only went first year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was too much preoccupied with uh, making sure that I got a degree so I could have a career. Okay. <laughs> And make money. So I, I left and um, went to San Antonio College. Um, and by this time, uh, I want to say I was 20. Yeah, I was 20. And um, yeah, I, I spent time there getting my associate's degree. And I was ultimately aiming for a bachelor's in business. But Um, I was such a distracted student Mm. and I had a lot of things on my plate, maybe too much. And I was trying to do too much. I was trying to, I had a job at HEB, uh, which it's a grocery store. Yeah. Sorry. I was about to say, well, what's HEB? (laughs) It's the best. If you ever come to Texas, HEB is the best grocery store. Um, well, so far, I think they're going woke. Um, but, uh, anyway, um, yeah, I worked there for, I want to say 10 years, uh, all combined, all total. Um, but I was there working HEB, trying to work nearly 40 hours and then, you know, um, do school on the side. And um, it was just, I was trying to take too much on, but I felt like I wasn't doing well as a student. And I got frustrated to a point where, sorry, I got frustrated to a point where Instead of finishing my bachelor's in business, which was what I was aiming for, I just said, I got an associate's degree and I said, I'm done. I don't care anymore. Mm-hmm. And it was at that point where I just got so tired because the sin in my life that I wanted to get rid of, um, and it was, it was some, it was dark sin. Um, I'm not going to go into the details of it, but you know, Paul says in his flesh dwells no good thing. And, um, I was discovering that firsthand and, I didn't know why, like I believed in Jesus and I didn't know why, um, you know, this sin wouldn't disappear as much as I'd say, you know, I abide, I abide, I abide, you know, why is the sin still here? And it was so frustrating, 
Um, and it was like the whole time Christ was saying, uh, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is perfected in weakness. But my grace, his grace wasn't sufficient for me because I had other things on my agenda, other things that, you know, I wanted to see the Lord work in my life and I felt like he wasn't doing it. And so, you know, after failing so many times in sin and struggling with sin and in the flesh, I just gave up on Christianity and I, yeah. I, I walked away. <laughs> I was like, this is, you know, and you know, this, the reason I'm laughing is not because it's a funny thing, but I'm laughing because it's like, you're reading my story. <laughs> like I, I came to the point where I did, I, I gave up on Christianity. Yeah. Yeah. But go ahead. Yeah. I was just so annoyed with it. Um, because yeah, anyway, I already said all that, but, um, yeah, he, he would tell me his grace is sufficient and I'd be like, what? Like, you're telling me your grace is sufficient when I clearly have these problems and I can't be a good human being. I can't have a good job. I can't, you know, be a good husband if all of these things are existing, right? Yeah. Like, how can you say your grace? And again, he was putting a finger on my idols mm -hmm. that I was holding on to, things that I was adding to Christ and, um, and looking to him or looking to those things instead of to him. And uh, it got to a point where I, I gave up, I walked away, and those were some of the darkest, uh, I would say, months of my life. Yeah. Um, and I'm not going to go into the details, but by the end of it, there was, I felt like I was, I was derelict. Mm. There was nothing... There was nothing in me worth uh, fighting for, worth mm. living for. Mm. Um, I felt like that all my chances for the good life that I had envisioned for myself, um, I had scuttled all those chances. Mm. And um, it got to a point where I was, the only reason why I didn't take my own life was because I, I, uh, I knew it would upset my family. Mm. And um, I remember praying, asking the Lord, I, Lord, I cannot, like, just get me out of here. Mm. <laughs> just get me out of here, Lord. And Lord, save me, <laughs> is what I prayed. Mm. And and I, I came back to him, mm. and he pulled me out of there, and... The years following, he, he blessed my socks off, but um, it wasn't till I was at that point where I realized there was just, basically, I came to terms with the fact that I had been crucified. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, there, you know, that there's a dead man in the grave, mm -hmm. and, you know, the idols will make you dig him up. Yeah. And it felt like there was, I, I came to a point where I realized there's nothing worth digging up here. Christ must be everything. Mm. Christ must be my all in all Amen. at this point. You know, that's every, every believer. I have found that every believer has to come to this point. Some, for some, you know, it's, it's more of a, a, a sweet next step, you know, for others like you and me, it's kicking and screaming. Mm -hmm. But that point being where we see ourselves for who we are. Yeah. Really, to the to we see we come to the end of ourselves. There's nothing good in me, like Paul says. That is mm -hmm. in my flesh. The wishing is present, mm -hmm. but the mm -hmm. doing the good is not. I'm so thankful that the Lord had him write that. Because you know, the same man who says, mm -hmm. "I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me." It's no longer I live, but Christ who lives in me. Mm -hmm. I've been crucified with Christ. You know, and it says that for me to live is Christ to die is gain. You know, like, come on. Mm -hmm. But then he says, and it's a daily struggle, you yeah, know, with me. And I, I, I do. I, Everyone has, I remember when I was a youth pastor talking with a girl that was one of the girls in our youth group who was one of the leaders of the group. And, you know, she had, she was an incredible example. Everybody loved her. She was life of the party. She and then, all, then one day everybody knew something went right. And she was like that for several weeks. She comes to me finally and says, we need to talk. And she said, uh, Kelly, um, you know, I pray every day regarding my sin, asking the Lord to forgive me. But I figure at the same time, something like that. But she says, I figure, why bother, 
I'm just going to do it again. Mm. And I've been there so many times. Oh my goodness. And you know, the Lord just kind of jolted me there and just gave me the words to say. And I just looked at her and said, what's happening to you is not bad. It's good. Mm. And she was crying. Like, I mean, just huge tears coming down and they stopped just like that. She looked up at me and she says, you better explain that. (laughs) And I told her the same thing that I just said that I think every believer has to come to this point. You know, Mm -hmm. for some of us, it's a very traumatic thing to come to. Mm-hmm. For others, it's a nice. It, it it can be a sweet next step. Mm-hmm. But that point where we realize, I am nothing. Mm-hmm. I can bring nothing to the table because mm-hmm. I have nothing to bring to the table. Yeah. I am yeah. I am a mess. Oh, wretched mm-hmm. man that I am. Like mm-hmm. Paul said, mm-hmm. uh, you know, who's going to set me free from this? Thanks be to God through Christ Jesus. But I really appreciate what you said. I came back to him, mm-hmm. and you know, you 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 realize. I think about it. we're given we're given characters we're given stories of actual people in scripture who had to come to this mm-hmm. uh, Moses mm-hmm. you know finally the man who thought he had he was all that and more mm-hmm. was going to go and do what he was knew that God would have him do in his success in his own success in his own riches and you know in his own ability and he ended up spending the next 40 years on the backside of the desert shepherding his father-in-law's flock and you know, can you imagine now you're 80 years old and what you've been able to attain is to work for your father-in-law? Oh man. Well, I was close to my, yeah, I was in my early twenties and I felt like, (laughs) I felt like I hadn't gotten anywhere with my life. Yeah. And even, it was so funny. I I took some more, I took other jobs. I I decided to leave HEB because I was there for six years and then I came back to HEB. Um, and so after all of that, like kind of chasing careers for money, I was back at HEB bagging groceries. Mm. That's interesting. Isn't that something? Isn't that something? And it was one of those things where... I think I remember that. I remember. I think I remember coming, yeah, run, bumping into you somewhere and asking you what uh-huh. you're doing. And you said, well, I'm back at HEB. Something like that. I was thinking, well, that's interesting. Okay. So that was a pretty significant event, actually. It was because it was one of those things where I, I felt like maybe, I, I don't want to call it an acid bath, but it was one of those things where... I, I had to wrestle and come to terms with the fact that if this was all that Christ had for me, mm. that's okay. Mm. Thank you, Lord, for what you've given me in mm-hmm. your son. And it was like the Lord was bringing me back to that point so I could realize that Christ was all that I needed. You see, that's that's what I was getting at. You know, Moses saying, you know, I mean, there he is, 80 years old, taking care of his father-in-law's property. Mm. And God comes to him and says, I'm going to send you back to Egypt. And his, his response was, who am I? Yeah. I mean, he really knew who am I, but then his next question was, who are you? Yeah. And that's when God told him I am. Mm-hmm. And, and then he was to go in all that God is. Mm. And then the same thing with, um, uh, Jacob, you know, mm. that, you know, just had, he had to come to that point where he realized, you know, the Lord just took everything away from him. He had depended on everything, literally everything he had down to his physical strength. And the Lord took that away just by a touch. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and you know, he said, the Lord looks at him and says, who are you? And he had to say, uh, my name's Jacob. <laughs> you know, my name is supplanter, schemer, you know. Yeah. And, but the Lord, but then, but not, the Lord didn't want him to stay My name there. is Mud. <laughs> yeah. Just like with Moses, he doesn't want us to yeah. stay there. Yeah. You know, with mm-hmm. oh, what a wretched man that I am. But mm-hmm. he looks at him and says, no longer, your name is now Israel. Mm-hmm. You know, it's now God strives. You know, mm-hmm. it's just incredible. And then the same thing, you know, with, with us is I can't do this. Yeah. You know, I am, I am, I am scum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but Lord, you're not. Yeah. And Praise be to Jesus. Yeah. 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 And I feel like that's, you know, <laughs> we always laugh about Moses, you know, writing down, on, you know, he's the most humble man, <laughs> you know, in, uh, I think it's an Exodus, but <laughs> I, I feel like, you know, that the nature of humility is, is, is realizing, oh man, we're back to Jerry Benjamin again. I'm telling you, what is it? Preeminent. Oh, prominence. Y- yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad it came back. Yeah. 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 And then, but there was another one about humility. Um, and I'm nervous. So I'm trying to remember. 
Uh, it's it's uh, the losing. I th- I'm probably butchering this, but the losing of oneself in the vision that he is all. Mm. And I, I, you know, that disposition of, of humility, it's, it's, it comes from a place of realizing that it must be him. Like it has to be him. And it comes from a place of, of receiving and, and realizing that, you know, I have been crucified. Yeah. With Christ, it's no longer I who right. live, but Christ who lives in me. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I've struck recently with, um, just in the Gospels, um, how when Jesus goes and heals somebody, um, you know, we're that's how we approach Christ. Mm. You know, like we approach him as as the lame man, as the the blind or the mute. You know, mm-hmm. uh, even somebody who doesn't have control, like is literally mastered by, you know, evil. Mm. And all the Lord asks for us is just to believe mm. and to believe in him. And that is our approach is that there's nothing that we can offer or add to. Like I think about the positions of those people and where they were you know, at that time when Jesus healed them and they were all like outcasts of society, you know, they had nothing good that they could contribute or offer. And some of them were literally mastered by evil and they came to Christ and that was it. And the Lord healed them. And it's that simple. And it's that childlike dependency, Mm. right? That we want to add things to it. Like we want to add all these other all these other things besides Christ that we think that we need. And that's what makes our walk complicated, I think. Mm. So having, you know, the Lord taking you to this point, how has, um, you know, how has he, how has that changed your life? What's, what's the Lord done in your life since that moment? Um, oh man. Well, um, do you still mess up? No, no, <laughs> no, of course not. Well, well, um, but you know, and, and that's the thing, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we keep, we, when we do mess up, then we, if we're not careful, we're so fixated on the mess up Yeah. that, that, you know, right. You know, we're, you know, we're hindered again. Yeah. I, I think I keep coming back to this verse cause I do. Yeah, I still mess up. New <laughs> big surprise. I mean, yeah. Rachel, Rachel, you know, Rachel would my wife could tell you. Um, uh, but I keep coming back to this verse, forgetting what lies behind mm-hmm. and pressing on towards the goal. Yeah, Amen. and where I'm lingering and kind of keeping score uh, with my sins um, and where I'm stressed out and worried about certain things is usually an indication that I'm serving two masters. Okay. And I'm not, you know, I love something more than Christ mm-hmm. in a nutshell. And we don't want to belittle those times to the point that, you know, I ah, no big deal. But we do, you, you do confess your sin. You confess that yes. he's faithful and just to forgive us. Yeah. But, we, yeah. but we're not to be fixated, like Hebrews, not to be fixed on our sin, not to be fixed on us, That's right. but fixed on Jesus. Yeah, there's still a place of repentance, right. for sure. Because it's this, you know, we, we are positionally... Uh, made right with him. Right. And, but there's still that relational, like Israel. Israel had all the promises of God, um, but they could still make terrible choices. Right. And they did, uh, and to the point where they were drug off into exile. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we don't, yeah, like we were saying, we don't want to belittle that. It, it came at a great cost to the Lord. And, it's something that is, it's like a roar, like sin is a roaring lion, right? And I, I keep thinking of Genesis uh, with with Cain and Abel, how sin is like a, a beast and it wants to have its way with you. And, you know, if you're not giving yourself to Christ, who are you giving yourself right. to? Yeah. You know, that's the thing that I have to keep coming back to is realizing that there are malignant forces out there right. that want to uh, destroy the body of Christ or destroy his, his church Mm. and suppress the name of Christ from being spread. And, um, it's a real, it's a real thing. 
But, you know, part of overcoming in, in and through Christ is recognizing what he's done on the cross. That's right. That he has uh, taken our sins um, and he's slain the dragon or the crushed the head of the serpent. Um, and if you're not, you know, if you're, if, if that isn't enough for you, right, mm. then you're going to keep track of your sins. You're going to keep a list. You're going to be worrying about different things. You're going to be acting out in the flesh and you're going to be like, where did that come from? Mm. Mm. You know? And so many times, you know, I feel like it, I feel like sometimes I think that I'm the one who has to figure out what's, what's wrong. You know, where are the, where are the faults and find those faults and then I can come back to Jesus. Mm. Right. But the truth is, is he's the great physician and the psalmist says, show me my hidden faults. And so something I have to remember is that, you know, sometimes I'm acting out in the flesh and I don't, I don't know why. Mm -hmm. And I need to come to Jesus and present myself to him and say, okay, Lord, what, what is it in my heart? And also, I feel like that's why the Lord gives us a community, a body of Christ. Mm. And so we can each, you know, kind of look at each other and, you know, if there's a splinter in my brother's eye, you know, check myself, make sure I don't have a log in mine, mm -hmm. but, you know, go talk to him, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, yeah, encourage one another daily as long as it is still called a day. I, mm -hmm. I, I agree with you. I think that is the whole idea of the church. It's why we come together. Mm -hmm. It's to encourage yeah. each other to the Lord. Yeah. but I, that's why we, we cannot be forsaking the gathering together. Yeah. And that's, you know, we, because that's what, that's, that's what, that's the Lord's design. We need to be together. We, mm -hmm. we, you know, he always intended for us to be, you know, part of his body. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I, I, so, you know, I still fail. Daily. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's, you know, Christ has taken care of this and his grace is sufficient for me. Mm. And that's the thing I'm starting to realize too, is that he's the one that makes obedience possible. That's right. I need to come to him. Yeah. I need to lay myself before him mm -hmm. and present myself to him as a living sacrifice to just, Amen. just come back to the fact that I have nothing here to offer. That's right. We, <laughs> we were designed to live by faith. Yeah. We're yeah. either going to live by faith in Christ or we're going to live by faith in ourselves. Yeah. And I, I appreciate how Paul said it in the end of Colossians, verse 29, I think it is, of Colossians 1. Um, I strive and I labor mm. according to his power. Yeah. Which mightily works within me. Yeah. You know, he, you, I agree with you because scripture says so. He is the enablement. He is the source, mm -hmm. you know, and, but it's, it's only known as we are fixated on him, as we are trusting him and not me. Mm -hmm. I think of, um, there was this, this one King, um, and I really should remember the name of the King if I'm going to bring him up, but in Kings, essentially he, uh, there's some idolatry, well, some, there's a lot of idolatry in Israel and the Lord, um, instead of carrying them off, he, instead of carrying them off into exile, he has them basically serve as, uh, subjugate, subjugated to the superior nation. I don't remember okay. the King's name, mm -hmm. but he says so that they can learn the difference between the service of, of me and, and the service of their idols. Mm. And I think I'm paraphrasing a bit, but, uh, for me, I, I think having the experience, you know, it's unfortunate. I wish that I could have in childlike faith moved forward and grown in Christ, but I made it about other things and I chose my own way. But, um, uh, I feel like, you know, I came to a place where I didn't realize that, you know, Jesus was all that I need until he was all that I had, Yeah, you know? And looking back, I don't ever want to go back there because mm. it was literal hell on earth, mm. you know? And I feel like so much of that is just the discipline of the Lord in our lives mm. that we remember the spank. <laughs> right, right. You know, and we're like, you know, there's a better option here. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to make it about anything other than Christ. I don't want to be mm. sidetracked by anything. And I can still, you know, 
there are things in my life that can that can come up and I can be sidetracked for sure. But I, I don't want to stay there long. <laughs> I understand. Yeah. And it's so like like Jesus is is like I'm boring. Jesus isn't boring. Let's mm. let's let's move on to Christ. Like what is Christ doing? Right. <laughs> you know? Mm. Um and I, I don't wanna linger there because I've I've been there before and I I I know the dangers. I, I don't want to say I know the dangers like comprehensively, but I know that it's it's painful and it causes death in my own life and death in other people's lives. And that's the thing. It's it's not just you know, it's not just about soul peace for me, right? It's literal life and death. Mm. And there's more on the line now, at least I feel like, because I have a wife and three kids, three three little boys who are looking up to me, right. you know? And who am I going to point to in my life? Mm. Am I going to point to me and my doings and my flesh and my failings, or am I going to point to Christ? Mm. And um, it's sobering to think about. Mm. Um, but, you know, I think I remember Charlie talking about this not too long ago, is that, you know, our you know, our lives and the influence of our lives, um, they play a significant role and we shouldn't underestimate it, uh, in terms of our influence, uh, in other people's lives and in the church. Mm. Okay. Well, you, um, now you're, uh, you've been leading the, the worship music at Bernie Bible for how long has it been now? Oh, goodness. Eight years, okay. nine years. Okay, probably. Yeah. Let's see. We've been gone. We we left nine years ago, and mm-hmm. I think they. It was a year after we left that you took okay. over. I think. So it's so probably it's eight, about years. eight years. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're uh, and during that time too, you also got married. Yep. And you have, like you said, three little boys. What are their ages? Uh, one the is... boys, not not Rachel. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll <laughs> leave that out. <laughs> She'd be so embarrassed. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but uh, the youngest is six months, and then I have a two-year-old, and I have a five-year-old. All right, and they're just really sweet, <laughs> sweet little guys. It's it's fun. Every once in a while, they show up at work, and yeah, and everybody everybody gets excited because the boys are here. <laughs> um, I was thinking, you know, and I know I've talked to you guys about it, and I haven't forgotten this, but I was thinking it'd be fun to have you and Rachel. Uh, on the podcast together, sure. And I was thinking of maybe bringing in a couple of other, um, uh, another couple, uh, mm-hmm. th- you know, just uh, that are parents of, of young children, yeah. And just have a discussion, you know, what's the Lord doing with that in your life, mm-hmm. you know, raising these kids, and what are some of the things that you're facing? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so maybe we'll do that real soon. Yeah, I, I'd like yeah. to. I'd like to do that. Yeah. Um, Todd, man, I am. I've wanted to to tell you the truth. You've kind of been in my back pocket. For quite a while in case I just need somebody quick. And, uh, and that's what's happened. We're on a break right now between, uh, the summer camp program and the beginning of Bible school. So everybody is gone. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, I was thinking, well, what could, what can we do? They, you know, and I I gave a devotion two weeks ago. We played uh, Major Thomas's one of his sermons last week, mm. and I was thinking, boy, well, I could do another devotion, but I think the listeners going to start getting tired of that. So, uh, you know, Lord, what should we do? And then I thought, what, what Todd? But I thought, mm. I don't want to throw this on him last minute, though. But, <laughs> But uh, that's what I did, and oh, you were willing right. to do that. So uh, I appreciate you, oh. you know, being willing to do that. Oh. Um, so, uh, Todd, uh, you know, uh, we didn't talk about it, but you, now you work in our family business. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've been you've been with us for over a year now, mm-hmm. and it, that's just been a blessing for us. We've really enjoyed having you around. Oh. Uh, it's been it's just it's been a natural fit. Uh, it's it's really kind of fun because you know you and then we've had Anna on the podcast too, yeah. who works for us and you know we're all torchbearers. That's just kind of neat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And we end up having a lot of neat conversations too. You know, oh, our, yeah. our, our days, yeah. our work days start off uh, at the in the meeting room, and mm-hmm. we have scripture. We pray together Monday and Fridays. We have more uh, more in, uh, extensive uh, devotion time, mm-hmm. and, uh, and but we have discussions throughout the day. Right. And just what a blessing it is for us to be able to, to say we're working, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, this, you yeah. know, it's not that we're doing that all day, but even while we're at work, right. You know, yeah. we're, we're having these really encouraging discussions with each other. So mm-hmm. I've, I've really, uh, I have looked forward to the time that we can do this and have you mm-hmm. on the podcast. So, uh, it's we'll, been a blessing for me. 
hope to have you back this next time with Rachel, maybe, yeah, and yeah. Uh, and let our listeners hear some more from you guys. Yeah. So thanks for being here. And uh, now for our listeners, just want to say that uh, because we're on the break time, Lizzie's not with us right now. She's on vacation. So you won't have her to to close everything and, and give you the uh, updates and announcements. You've got me, you're stuck with me, but I, I do want to thank you for listening to another episode of the his hill podcast and ask that you be praying for us at his hill. We have finished another camping season. It was a great summer as the, um, uh, as the school schedule keeps changing and our summers get smaller and smaller for the summer break. That is, uh, it's finally started to affect summer camp to where now we're having to, we can't do 10 full weeks. And so we're having to cut that down. So this was a shorter uh, summer for us, but still it's a wonderful summer of just so, just the Lord doing so many things in the lives of both campers and staff. And we've, uh, we've had campers come to know Christ. The Lord has been so faithful with this year after year, week by week throughout the th- throughout the, the, the ministry of His Hill Summer Camp, which started in 1976. And it's just, uh, so we, we thank the Lord for what He's done there. And we ask that you would uh, just c- continue to pray for us in that ministry, that we, you know, be be ready. There's, there's staff, you know, Connor, who's our camp director, has to start looking for staff. Uh, at least by by December, January, because there's there's so many specific needs that we have with with um, with a needing a nurse and people that can work with horses and just different things like that. So we ask that you be praying for us with that. But also, and some of you that are listening are going to be students with us this fall. So we would ask that uh, that you be praying, but also all the listeners be praying for our our. Uh, upcoming school year we have another year of of, it's a full student body going to be a lot of people up here uh, and just ask that you would pray that you know as staff we know your wisdom and our roles there that uh, we who are teaching will know the lord's wisdom and in in, in what the lord lays before us to be teaching and that the students would hear that they would know his wisdom in, in listening and uh, we want to thank you. There's one other thing I want to thank you for, uh, and that's the response that you've given uh, for Melissa in Haiti and Chosen and Cherished Ministries. Uh, that there's been a there's been a number of you that's contacted me to get the information on how you can help uh, get supplies to them as they are in hiding right now in Haiti uh, from all these gangs that are taking over the country. And we ask that you keep praying for Chosen and Cherished Ministries along with with uh, Melissa and, and, and the whole group that she's there with. Uh, if you still are interested, if you don't know what I'm talking about, if you go back just a few episodes, you'll find an interview that Arlene and I did with Melissa. And she just did a really incredible job of explaining just what's going on and how the Lord has been faithful to take care of them. And also you'll get the information there on how you can help out. So anyway, just want to thank you guys for listening and uh, want to remind you to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. And we'll see you next week.